What's Right broadcast today, Lunch Plus. We're super excited to have you. Um, to explain what I just did, you're going to need to go back and watch yesterday's because I'm, I'm not taking the time. But <laughs> we're super excited to have you on with us today. As you're hopping on, comment, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, mm -hmm. so that way we can say hello to you. Uh, Kevin Nowicki, it's good to see you. I hope your first day of your job is going awesome. Mm -hmm. Johnny, hello. Lisa, we love you. Good afternoon. We love you so much. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Boy, do we have a show for you. What's that from? I don't remember, but it's... We got a show for... VeggieTales. Thank you. <laughs> I did it, and I forgot where it came from. I know, me too. <laughs> well, what? this is what we got going on today. For today's broadcast, we're going to be starting off with Will It Muffin at noon. After Will It Muffin, we'll have a time of prayer. And then after prayer, we're going to go into some Bible trivia where you can win some... Some stuff, you can, uh, you can win some coffee on us, it's going to be awesome. And then after Bible trivia, we have the man who would be king, and it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome, and we're super excited to have you with us today, mm -hmm. because right now it is family chat time, the time where we get to hang out with y'all, connect with y'all, and... I, I mean, before we get started, remember, we are always having a daily contest of how fast can we hit 100 comments. Mm -hmm. And the person who helps us reach that 100th comment, they get a free gift card on us. Lisa Honeycutt won yesterday, Miss Joni won the day before. And so we are excited to keep that going. Make sure that you're commenting along and you could be one of those people to win a free gift card. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But right now it is time for Family Chat, and we are starting a new series of questions that I'm Praise calling God. Roommate Application. Okay. Yep. I, I want to know, would we be able to hang out and like go on vacation together? Would we be able to share like a vacation home? I've learned through the ELT advances that we go on mm -hmm. that sometimes living with people that you like can be really interesting. So mm -hmm. I want to know how compatible are we to share a vacation home? roommate application. Hey, Miss Diane. Hey, Prilla. It's good to see y'all. Make sure that you are taking the time to share the broadcast right now because it's going to be a good one. But here's our first question for roommate applications. I'm really curious about this. <laughs> early bird or night owl? Are you an early bird or a night owl? What does your routine look like? Well, I would, I would lean more towards early bird. My whole life I've been a night owl until I got, not before I got married, I think it was like my last year of college is when I started like transitioning. I always thought, <laughs> I always thought like, oh, it's like you can't really help it if you're an early board, bird or a night owl. I early learned board. early bird, <laughs> early burly, young early burly. Um, but but also since moving, it's it's really just a matter of discipline, really. Yeah. You know how you discipline yourself. But um, since moving here, <laughs> since moving here, I've had a lot more late nights. Yes. And by late nights, I mean like. 1030. <laughs> so I'm realizing I'm not a night owl. I'm an early bird. Um, Josephine says that she is both most of the time. I think Kevin said that he was a night owl. I, the comment scrolled up, so tell me again which one you are. Julie says that she's a night owl. Johnny is a night owl. Pastor Nicole, my people, she um, is a midday narwhal. What? Does that mean she takes naps in the middle of the day? I think that means that she is best at the middle of the day. I think. Oh, so, oh, so it's like when you're most productive. Like when, yeah, I think so. Gotcha. George says he, he can do both. Um, my schedule currently has me living both lives. Mm -hmm. um, but because of 6 a.m. prayer, I am an early bird. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just part of what I do. So if you lived with me, 
I would be up early. I actually beat George awake now, like a lot of times. He used to like school me with that, but wow. now I'm I'm beating him up a lot is, of the time. Is it one of those things where like you're at like you're at a point where like you don't need an alarm, you wake up automatically the same time every day? I don't trust myself to do that. Okay. <laughs> but I, I have been pretty consistent. I've woken up on my own. Typically mm. around the 6.30 mark, but mm. if I was trusting that for prayer, I'd be late for prayer. So I still set the alarm. Yeah. George says that he prefers night owl, but he can do both. Okay, next question. Roommate application. Clean as you cook or wait till the end? How do you do your dishes? When you're cooking, are you a clean as you go sort of person? Or do you do all the work, have the meal, and leave all the mess in the kitchen to do after the meal's done? I clearly have a bias one way, as I'm describing. <laughs> it really depends. Um, William's uh, wait till the end. Josephine's wait till the end. Yeesh. Kevin says, clee as you cook, for sure. Clee as you cook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he left the N off of his word. Um, I, uh, it depends if Serena's there or not. Because if Serena's there, <laughs> uh, she, she cleans and I cook, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, as we go. Um, and on she your, prefers it that way. But on your own? On my own, I, I also kind of clean. I, I don't clean at all as I go, but I do as much as I can. Like, if it's cooking and there's nothing else going on, I'll clean as much as I can. Johnny says that he waits until the end. Rachel says that she cleans a little as she goes, but mostly waits until the end. Holly says that she's a clean as she cooks. Everyone else in her house is a clean after I cook. I am a clean as I cook because when I'm done creating the meal, I don't want more work at the very end. And oftentimes, George will be the one to do the dishes. So if I can clean as I cook, it means less work for him at the end. So that's how we do that. Pastor Nicole says, both clean my spaces and counters, but wash dishes at the end unless I need to reuse. Kevin says that you're picking on him today. On his spelling. On his spelling. Julie yes. says, clean a bit as I go, but do the dishes at the end. That's interesting. I, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm with Julie. I'll do, no, I'll do all the dishes. Sorry, I'm thinking of how I do it in my brain. I clean everything. Everything's clean yeah. except the dishes that we eat off of, unless the pans are disgusting, like stuff's cooked on them and they need to soak. I got you. I, I clearly have a preference with this. So, question number three. <laughs> uh, turn, on, turn the water on before or after you get in the shower. Who does it after? People. There why, are people that do this. Why in the world would you do it after? Because you know, like, it's a science to get it to the right temperature. So sure. if you get in the shower and then turn it on, now you have to go, like, through the whole pain of the coldness hitting you. Unless you're, like standing there like this, reaching around and trying to adjust it, which is miserable. Yes. It's definitely so. a level of bravery that I've not yet encountered in, in yeah. my life. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. That's walking by faith right there. That, yes. That's a level of faith that, that I would like to get to. Yes. Yeah, er everyone, Holly's before, <laughs> it has to get hot before I get in. Yeah. Everyone's before. I, I see it. I see it. You are my people. <laughs> Pastor Nicole, ew, before. I, I'm a... It probably didn't sound like that. Ew, before. Can you try it with a southern accent? Please no. try to be I have the worst southern accent whenever I try whenever I try to do it. I feel like this is something Ew, that people before. <laughs> after has has you getting hit with the cold hot water. That's the best I got. This I, is I can't my new do it. favorite thing. <laughs> I cannot do it. Whoa! 
Johnny says that he takes cold showers anyway. Why? Why do you do that? I, I love you too much to let you do that. Please don't do that. Ah. Yeah, no. I mean, it no depends. One. If he's like had a long day outside, you know, sure. like working hard, sure. a cold shower would feel nice. <gasps> Mama Crabtree! Your mom just hopped on and said, hello, Barrett, love mom. I love your mom. I don't appreciate how she doesn't even say hi to me anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just, I've just suddenly become disowned by my own mother. Mama Crabtree, I'm so happy you're here. Okay, one more for today. <laughs> that just made my whole day. Pastor Nicole said she doesn't sound like a valley girl. Um, are you neat or messy? Like, honest evaluation. Be humble. Be honest. Are you a messy person or a neat person? And there's none of this whole, I'm in the middle. No, like, you're either, you're either a neat person or a messy person. Like, it could be a degree of it, but one way or another, you're one of those people. Um, sorry, I'm just too busy thinking. <laughs> All my mom said was, hi, bud. She didn't even capitalize my name. No heart, mom. I've um, risen in favor. <laughs> uh, William says that his room looks like the aftermath of an explosion, but he knows where everything is. Mm. Holly says that she's more neat than messy. Pastor Nicole says, neat by nature, messy, messy by, by schedule. <laughs> Kevin says, I'm a, a neat person is also a humble person, so I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, um, I honestly don't know. I've always been messy, all growing up. Uh, after marriage, I've gotten better. Better. I've gotten better. Better. Um, thank you, Mom. <laughs> My, yeah. da my dad said, I still love you. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate it, Dad. Papa Crabtree, way to, way to speak to his heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josephine said, I'm the same as William. My room looks like an explosion. Yeah. Um, I'm in the messy category. Like, yeah. I, I've, again, I've worked on this as well, mm -hmm. but George is definitely the cleaner. He's the one who's the organizer. I prefer to work in organized spaces, so, like, mm -hmm. my workspaces are oh. clean, but See, I... See, I'm the opposite with that. Like, at home... Even my car recently, since I got a trash can in it, has oh. been clean. Without a trash can, oh no, don't get inside <laughs> my car. But once I put a trash can in there, it got significantly better. Um, my, like my office desk that I had, like it was, my office was not always clean. <laughs> I had to make it a point once a week to clean my office. That was like the first thing I did every week was clean my office because, I mean, like studies show, like a clean office makes you more productive. It's true. Um, well, guys, so far, as Buddy's thinking, yeah. so far, I would vacation with you guys. If we're just judging these answers, so far, we're good to go. Uh, you, so your applications are going quite well. I, I wouldn't, but that's because when I go on vacations, I just want it to be me and my wife. So it I, has nothing to do with <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> uh. Oh, goodness. Pastor Nicole says, buddy, your parents are just prepping you for when you become a dad. Once you have kids, you'll get the back seat to the grandkids. So they're easing you in with Barrett. Um, okay. They're helping so, for when you become a dad. Did you like that being public? I thought that was fun. I think it's fine. <laughs> okay. Right now, it's time to hop into our brand new, brand new, our first segment. It's Willet Muffin with all brand new ingredients. Thank you for being on today. It's going to be such a good one. Share the broadcast. We'll be back super soon. Just a couple seconds. Hang on. We'll be back. Thank you. 
Today we are starting off with Millet Millet Wuffin. <laughs> millet Wuffin. Millet Wuffin. <laughs> I'm excited about this one because I just saw what's going to be in the muffins. Oh, praise God! Praise um, God. This is going to be my lunch today. After that, we have a powerful time of prayer. Put your prayer requests in the comments where we want to pray with you, for you, and just lift up God. Uh, after prayer, we have a time of Bible trivia where if you participate live, you have the opportunity to get. A uh, free coffee on us or a gift card of your choice. It's going to be awesome. And then after that, we'll be following that up with the man who would be king. Are you guys eating this stuff? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. But first, let's start off with Willet Muffin. Millet Wuffin. Yes. Welcome, guys, back to Willet Muffin, where we test food in muffins to see if they will be a good muffin. And I promise we're not trying to make always just bad muffins. We really mm -hmm. have like mm -hmm. a good mix mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. actually good muffins. Last mm -hmm. week we had really good ones. So this what did we week, have last week, bacon. We had uh, no, we had no. Cookies. cookies. Last oh. week we had cookies. So this week, what we have to put in the muffins are candy. candy. And not like, not like. The gross, like, we're not putting a spree. Not like circus or like, no. or like whatever your favorite candies were on your top ten list that yeah. were disgusting. My we candies have, were great. Sure. We have <laughs> Reese's Cups and, what are those? Caramel M&M's. Not just M&M's. Caramel M&M's. Yeah, is it, is while we were caramel on... Caramel or caramel? Caramel. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no fighting. Um, yes, caramel M&Ms. And then I, okay, do you guys think, I want you to comment now what you think. Do you think candy will muffin? So yes, no, comment <laughs> yes, now no. what Put you think. Put a thumbs up if yes, thumbs down. We don't that. know. We haven't tried them yet. Also, oh, I, I know. I don't need <laughs> to try this to know. I, I have something to tell you guys. I have, I have a bit of a surprise. They're not cooked. No, no, they are. <laughs> there's one. So, how many ingredients are here right, right now? Oh, there's a mystery ingredient. There's two. There's two ingredients, and we have three muffins. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead in you the did. answer. I just like went from you did. here to here. You did. We have a mystery ingredient, so they don't know what does, it is. Does the mystery ingredient fall in this category? It's candy. Yeah. It's candy. Watch it be. Wait, is it what I just? Is it spree? Because <laughs> if it was spree, right after I said is that. Is it? I have I'm, a guess I'm of not, what it is. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Okay. Not saying. Well, I just got nervous. <laughs> okay, buddy, will you do us the honor of, of putting mixing? in the physical labor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the honor. <of laughs> I don't know why. I just think it would be funny to watch. So, can you oh, do it? What? Why? <laughs> the egg. Why would it be funny to watch? Interesting. He I don't just know. Put the egg yolk straight up on the whisk. Like they had to fall through the whisk. That oh, was interesting. Cool. Well, yeah. that that breaks them up a little bit. I know. I've never thought about that. That was wisdom. Hello. Whoa, he's like a professional baker. We're learning. We're learning about Buddy right I've now. I've made cookies twice. <laughs> Fun 
Fun fact about Buddy, one thing surprised him, he makes that sound. That was you. Was that you? you? Made one was that you? I don't know who that yell was. I made one, that, but Buddy made I don't one know. No, I gotta. I have to rewatch that because I don't know who that high pitched <laughs> one was. was. I think it was both. <laughs> it was definitely both. Thumbs up if you think that Buddy and I both just so, squealed at the same time. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I poured hot coffee all over my hand and made that sound like. <laughs> And I just like came in. I'm like, did anyone hear that? No. <laughs> I think you heard it. So far, Priscilla and Rachel both think that it was both of us, and Rachel's our sound person. So. <laughs> so what have people been saying? Do they think candy will muffin? Yeah. Do you guys think oh, yeah. that candy's gonna muffin? Let us know. Do you think Reese's are gonna muffin better? I'm getting thumbs up. We're we're getting thumbs up. I guess that means yes. That means that it, they think it will muffin. It doesn't look super appetizing as he's doing it. <laughs> Not in the slightest. This looks like, disgusting. This looks like weird runny pancake that we shoved some M&M's in. It doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know when you're baking and it just looks from the beginning like it's going down. Let's take a look at it. I don't know if you can see it. Like, we are currently at the precipice of a valley Smell right now. Honestly, this smells like pancakes a little bit. It does. Wow. That's, that looks interesting. I hope the muffins come out good, buddy. It's all up to you. It's all up to that mix. Is it all up to me? Because yeah, it's all up to you. That's a lot of pressure. Why do they smell like bananas? <laughs> Maybe it's that smell like bananas? Oh my gosh, it smells like bananas, that guys! It smells just like bananas. Yeah, it smells like bananas. It smells like Is this like bananas. banana muffin mix? Oh, <laughs> it might be. Wait, are, are, aren't the ones that were pre-made in banana muffin mix? They're not pre-made, buddy. We're making I mean, them the right now. The ones we're making now. right now are in muffin we're mix. We're making them right now. They're not pre-made. Okay, so I'm this so is sorry. a whole different question. Like, banana muffins with candy is a totally different thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing different thing. Than candy muffins. Like so, that's... so. <laughs> the ones that we're making do not have banana in them. Did you just Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> it's going to be exciting today, guys. Okay, we got to right. get on it. All right, I the, think the mixing is complete. <clears throat> the mixing is complete. Yeah. Okay, guys, are you ready to yeah. see if muffins will candy? If candy will yeah. muffin. Miss Julie wants you to know, buddy, that the, you are over mixing the muffins. The key is to lightly stir. Lightly stir. So right Come now, on, we're already overmixed. Um, oh my goodness. And we got the <gasps> banana muffin mix. It's overmixed. It's, um, okay. Did you guys outside. hear that? Did you hear the ding? Ding. <laughs> but we haven't poured it in anything yet. <laughs> They're done, buddy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're in our oven. Praise God. Can you guys see go. the oven? They translated okay. it from the bowl to the oven. Are you guys ready? They're hot. They literally are hot, though. They really are hot. I, I could smell them walking in today. Okay. Not, no, I couldn't. I could smell them just now just as they were now. cooking. Guys, I have some concern. We had banana mix. There's a mystery candy. I don't know what that is, but I saw Luke earlier eating jelly beans, so I don't know what's about to take place oh. in my mouth. Oh, no. Like, I have a suspicion that we're about to eat black jelly bean muffins. I'm really hopeful it's not. I would just like to make this known to the public. I don't like jelly beans. I think yeah. they're the worst. Yeah. Oh, well, no, 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 no. So there was one special, there was the Starburst jelly beans. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. Yeah. That's yes, the I only do. kind of jelly beans I like. Okay. So the first one is M&M's, caramel M&M's. It, it looks, okay, look, can you, I'm walking toward you. Can you see this right now? It looks like hot sauce has exploded on the muffin. Like, it looks like hot sauce is it exploding. It does. This is visually is that what, not the best. Is that what caramel is supposed to look like? <laughs> It it's looks hard. 
It does that. Look oh. how gross this looks breaking this apart. Right oh, now. That looks like that right. looks like meatballs or something. It literally looks like meatballs. All oh right, let's gosh. do this. Here we go. Okay, guys, do you think M and M's will muffin? Put it in right now. Comment right now. What do you think? Let's see who's right. I don't know. I've never. I haven't had them yet. This is it. This is the reveal. Priscilla says mm -hmm. yes. She thinks that caramel M and M's will Trump. muffin. It did a weird thing to the caramel. Yeah, it did. Like it softened it and evaporated it. Yeah, and it changed the flavor of it. Yeah, like it's like the caramel's sweeter, almost like mm -hmm. it's not like normal caramel where that's that it's salty, like, tangy. Like it's mm. like there's a, a. Holly says yes. It's like there's caramel syrup in it. I don't know. That's kind of nope. Chris, nope. Chris Crabtree so says yes. If we did the peanut butter M and M's, I'd say yes. Yeah, but, but yeah, is that not. did not work. No. That did not work. It was gross. Okay. What's next? You guys ready? Yep. Yes. What's next is. Reese's. Do you guys say Reese's or Reese's? Because I say Reese's. I say Reese's for the cups. I say Reese's for the pieces. You that, say Reese's That doesn't pieces? make sense. I've always said Reese's pieces. Reese's <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've always said it. Are you guys ready? Okay, guys. Do you think Reese's, Reese's pieces, it's not Reese's pieces, cups. it's just Reese's cups will muffin. While, Comment yes or no. While we're doing that this, are you a top of the muffin person or a bottom of the muffin person? Is anyone a bottom of the muffin person? I, I am. I'm not. What? I am. I'm but I'm going for the top today. Here we go. Okay. Smells amazing. Pastor mm. Nicole says I need to bring her home M&M's. You know what? I'm super disappointed to say this. Yeah. This is not good. What? Not. I thought it would be good. Take a bite. This is not good. I mean, it's okay, but I'm not going to go spend money on Reese's. It's like, like, I mean, it's like broiling a Reese's cup and eating it. Mm -hmm. That's almost it what it feels like. It didn't like. mix. So what happened was, I don't know if it's how that they were placed in, but it, like there's a top and there's a bottom and it just kind of opens up and then there's the... There's the soggy Reese's. It's mm. like peanut butter toast, but sweeter, and it's not like, a similar consistency. It's Man, like I really toasted thought that would be peanut good. butter cup. Yeah. I really thought that would be good. Me yeah. too. I'm and really I'm surprised. super disappointed. Me well, too. everyone. That was for me. That will not muffin. Nope. For me, that was a thumbs down. This is this has been the biggest disappointment of Will It Muffin. It I've is. It has been. I've been really excited for this, and this was. <laughs> and it's been. Bad. Well, we're saving you the, uh, you know, the effort of not doing this. We're telling you it doesn't happen. So the first one, the caramel M&Ms, that was a no. Nope. These peanut butter cups, that was also a no. Nope. Here we go. Okay. Now, mystery meat. Mystery muffin. Mm. I guess it's not mystery meat. I don't know. Mystery. It could be. <laughs> it so, could be, I like candied jerky or something. She got, got the roadkill sausage. Yep. So, guys, it had such an interesting texture that I couldn't take them out of the cups. Oh, that's the great. The tray, whatever these things are. That's, that's sad. So, good. so um, have fun. Do we have to guess what it is? It's candy. Yeah, you do have to guess. Oh. Guys, what Whoa. do you think it is? Uh, oh. What do you, as soon as you have uh. a guess, comment, what do you think the mystery muffins are right it's now? It's liquid in the middle. The middle of it's this candy. is liquid. I promise it's candy. I promise. Were these Jolly Ranchers? Ugh. It melted. Here. Like, here. Ugh. It's. Can you guys see okay. that? Okay. It's almost like a. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, here we you go. You know what? It's almost like pie. Is it good? It this like will pie. work. No. This will work. Way. This are, works. Are these Jolly Ranchers? Oh, my gosh. What are they? Are you guys ready? Are these gummy worms? They're gummy bears. Wow. Yeah, these work. It almost what? Tastes, it almost tastes like a pie. This is, yeah, this is like, this is like lemon, like cranberry-ish. Oh, she, 
Chris, yeah, this is good. Your mom commented gummy bears. She guessed. Good guessed job. Right. Good job. Well done. I wanted to give a high five, but I, I can't because you're not. Um, there you go. Like this one, I say this one muffins. Mystery mm -hmm. gummy bears muffins for That's sure. so weird. Wow, I was not expecting that. Out of all three, that one should not have been the best one. Wow. Now I will say, on my teeth, it sticks more than the other two do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But they're good. I think that's good. Yeah. That's amazing. You're going to have to try it when we're, whenever yeah. you would like to. I'll try it after. We have some extras. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Yep. So two no's, but one yes. Gummy bears surprisingly works. Yeah, I'm really surprised. It's really good. Okay. I mean, in appearance, no, not yeah. at all. Visually, not appealing at all. No. Okay, guys, do you guys have any like, I like suggestions or anything? Because you can comment them right now, and we'll look at them and we'll try them. Is there anything that you would like us to try, good or bad? It doesn't have to be bad, but like, look how surprising this was. You never know when you try this, it could actually come out good. So gummy bears and the muffins are actually. Good. Yes. So next we have prayer. We're moving into prayer right now. Prayer and confessions. If you guys have any prayer requests, comment them below right now. It's going to be amazing. So let's get our hearts ready and let's prepare for prayer right now. It's going to be amazing. Amen. So we will see you guys next Tuesday for Willet Muffin. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for being on with us for prayer. We are about to hop in and do our daily confessions. And as always, we like to start with a verse to just help build our faith as we go before the Lord. You know, the word tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So what we're doing is we're eliminating any doubt. We're eliminating anything other than the power of faith. So in Mark Chapter 11, verse 23. We talked, we've talked about this before, but this is such a great scripture to stand on as we go into prayer. It says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. What we say here today during this time of prayer will happen. Another really quick faith builder. This morning, we do 6 a.m. prayer here at the church. And just this morning, we were praying over finances to increase in a specific family's home. And just this morning, that person received a raise and a promotion at their job. After prayer this morning, that was just a few hours ago. God is good and he moves on faith. And so right now... What we're going to do is we're going to hop into today's confessions, join your voice with mine, and let's speak out the words of God and see him move in our lives. Confession number two today says, we are out of debt. And join your voice with mine. We are out of debt and we carry a debt-canceling anointing and we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. Confession number three. Let's just knock both of these out and let's have some time of prayer. Confession number three. We have divine health in our bodies now. And we carry an anointing for supernatural healing. That's yours. You carry an anointing for supernatural healing. 
Father, I thank you. We praise you right now, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the inheritance that Christ laid up for us. Lord, we thank you that we are out of debt. Myself, every person watching, there is no debt that can attach itself to your covenant people. We're out of debt and we carry a debt canceling anointing. When we lay our hands on a bill, we cancel any debt that we may have owed at one point in time or another. We have the anointing to get wealth. Your word says that it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I thank you right now, Father, that we increase in abundance. We increase in abundance for every good work. Right now, for every person watching, abundance is coming into your home today. Abundance comes into every viewer's home, into their finances. I command, I command there to be an increase as they've purposed in their hearts to be cheerful givers, as they've turned their, their lives toward you, God. We thank you right now that increase is theirs, increase is coming. Whether the ravens send it or whether the righteous man places it in their hand, wherever it comes from, I thank you that increase is theirs in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, I thank you right now that by your stripes, we were healed. We don't wait on you to be healed. We are healed. We are the healed of the Lord. I thank you, Father, that right now for everyone watching, there's healing virtue that is rising up in their body right now. I command the blessing of the Lord to come upon every viewer and let the blessing of the Lord flush out every bit of darkness, every bit of curse that would try to attach itself to your people. I thank you that blessing overrides the curse. The blessing overrides the curse. The blessing overrides the curse. I thank you, Lord, for it. And I thank you, Father, that every person that we come into contact with, we have the ability to have healing virtue leave us and flow into their body. Every handshake, every touch that we have, we are the anointed one in his anointing. We carry that anointing in us and through us. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're healed, we're out of debt, we flow in abundance in the name of Jesus. And that is you, that's who you are. It's who I am, it's who you are because it's what the word says that we are and who you are. So I thank you for joining us during this time of prayer. If you're interested in having these confessions that we do every single day, if you would like to have that list, then go to whatsright.com, send us a message, and we will send these confessions to you. So that way you can tape them up in your house, put them on your mirror, have them in front of you each and every single day. And we're just so excited that we get to believe with you. But right now, it is time for Bible trivia. Win free coffee on us. Stick around. We're hopping right in to our next segment, Bible trivia. What is up, everyone? I really liked Barrett's introduction when she said, it is time. I like it. For Bible trivia. It's time. <laughs> there, there was some kind of impartation there that took it's place. It's time for Bible trivia. It's time for Bible trivia. That's Hallelujah. the best I got. I look like I'm sitting closer than you are. You you're, seem to be far away. That's okay. It makes me look taller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. Here, I'll scooch up. Well, welcome, everyone. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Supernatural growth. <laughs> Supernatural growth in Jesus' name. I take it away from somebody else. <laughs> welcome to Bible Trivia. Pastor Brian is with me today. I'm really excited about that because last time you joined me on Bible Trivia, it was a very fun time. Wasn't it? It I was. enjoyed it. I, I, uh, many people enjoyed it. 
Um, and so uh, today, today is Bible trivia. We are excited. Here's how Bible trivia works if you haven't been a part of it. Um, what we're Tell do... me how it works, buddy. Okay, I will. I, I am, but yes, I will continue. Uh, what we're going to do is... Continue, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to... This is going to be fun. I can already tell. Uh, we're going to put up a question on the screen for you. And what I want you to do is for question number one, make sure you put a one in your comment and then put like one A, one B, one C, one D, whatever the yes. proper answer is. Uh, that way we'll know which question you're giving the answer to. Um, and we will pick a winner. Whoever answers the question first on our screen uh, uh, through Restream, they're going to win a gift card or a coffee or something on us. Amen. Amen. So are you guys ready for Bible trivia? Get your fingers ready. Get your typing fingers ready. Get your, get your, I don't know why I keep saying, get your brain ready. Maybe get your Google search ready because, you know, I've done that. If you're ready, throw a thumbs up in the comment. Oh, did you tell them who won the? I did not, and I feel so bad. <laughs> As you could tell by the inflection of my voice. I feel so our hundredth comment winner is Kevin Novicki. <laughs> well done, Kevin. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. You know, later this week, he is going to challenge me in the prices were right. And the prices were right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to challenge me. Mm -hmm. You think he's got it? Uh, <laughs> uh, you think? What I don't do you know. Think? You think All things are possible. Chance? All things are possible, David <laughs> believes. The prices were right. The prices were right. <laughs> All right, Bible trivia. Bible trivia. Let's start with our first question. Remember, make sure you put a one and then whatever A, B, C, or D the answer is. All right, first question. Which disciple's mother-in-law was healed by Jesus? A, Andrew, B, James, C, Simon, or D, Judas? Dun, dun, dun. Send in your answers now. The first correct answer will be the winner of Bible Trivia. Question number one. Question number one. And they're coming in, they're coming they're in. They're coming in. Here they come. Josephine. One. <laughs> one. I, I don't know. <laughs> that is not the right answer. All right. Give us the right answer on the screen. It is C. Simon. Well done, Kevin Nowicki. That one goes to Boom. you. Kev Kevin Man, Kevin's a double it. winner already. And Man. There's Miss Cindy was right after him by literally one second. One, one second. second. And then Josephine's IDK was five seconds that behind, awesome. but that's okay. That's all right. All right, let's move on to question number two for Those. Bible trivia. Who confronted David about mm. his adultery? Mm. Is it A, Nathan, B, Samuel, <laughs> oh no. C, Uriah, or D, Pastor Brian. And I just realized that the <laughs> image okay. that I gave it's you... It's okay. It's all right. All right. Who, was con who confronted David about his adultery? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who could it be? Uh, Josephine got it right. Our do not put up the graphic because it is wrong. Yep. It says B Samuel. That is incorrect. It's actually and it's actually completely different. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what in the world happened. Wow! There. But the answer is, is C, C, the prophet Nathan. Mm -hmm. The prophet well Nathan. So done. Josephine won it. Good well job. Done. 
Good well job, done. good job. All right, moving on to question number three for Bible Trivia. Question tri three. Question three for Bible Trivia. Where did Jacob and his sons settle in the land of Egypt? A, Goshen. B, Thebes. Thebes? Thebes. C, Thebes. <laughs> okay. C, Cairo. Or D, Pharaoh's house. I think we can cross out D, Thebes, since you didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, that's not it. I don't know what you're this talking is... about. <laughs> Pharaoh's house. All right, the answers are coming in. Well, one answer has come in. <laughs> where did they settle? Where did they settle? Oh, where did they settle? Oh, where did they settle? Oh, where, oh, where, 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 where? All right, what's the answer for number three? It is, is A, a Goshen. Goshen. Well done, Kevin Nowicki. That one also goes nice. to you. <laughs> I like Pastor Nicole. She just said E, where, where they, they stopped. stopped. <laughs> Follows, fails, just put in your own Firm answer. Firm grasp <laughs> of the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well done, Kevin. That is the second one you got correctly today out of three questions so far. Andy, yeah. Andy got a bonus point with the 100th comment. That's true. Today is your day of favor, Kevin. Amen. It's on you. So maybe the day that he goes against you and the price is right, he might have that favor he too. He might have some. All right, number four for Bible trivia. What king attempted to hire a prophet Ooh. to curse Israel? Ooh. A, Balaam, B, Balak, C, Baal, or D, Bathsheba? Well played. Nice question. Thank you, because I always get the prophet and the king mixed up. <laughs> and they're both up there. What king... The prophet and the king are up there? What? What? The prophet and the king? Mm-hmm. What? All right, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming in. Kevin said, good question. Good question. And the answer is... B. B. Balak. Nice. Be Balak. Nice. Well done. Once again, that one goes to Kevin Nowicki. Kevin Nowicki is on it. He uh, is on it. All right, Kevin, you've reached your maximum number Boom. of entries for today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kevin said, that's tough. The donkey. Um, no, it wasn't the donkey. The bad king. <laughs> I really like Pastor Nicole's answers. The bad king. That's classic Pastor Nicole right there. <laughs> Amen. All right, now moving on to question. Is this our last one? Uh, this can be our last one. Oh, I don't know. Yes, this is our How next. much time do we have? We got um, a minute and a half, so this will, be our, this will be our last question. This is our last question. Is Get it my ready. choice? <laughs> Get your, yeah. Get your uh, thumbs ready. Get your thumbs ready. Get your brain dun, 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 dun. I will give you a hint. It's Old Testament. Ooh. That's no hint whatsoever, but you know. <laughs> All right, here's our fifth question of this the day. This is a good one, too. I like it. Number five. Cinco. What land is Job from? A, is he from the land of Judah? B, is he from Syria? Employee C, deal. is he from Uz? Or D, is he from Egypt? What do you call it, Uz? Employeeville. Employeeville, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, at the job. Ah, that took me way too long. <laughs> Number five. Is it Judah, Syria? Here, here come the uh, answers. Here come Egypt. the They're answers. coming in. They're coming in. They're coming in. And the answer is... C, Uz. He's the land from the land of Uz. of Uz. I really 
that one goes to Cindy Orr, by the way. Well done, Cindy. Well done. I like how Josephine the put a question mark. <laughs> I like how Josephine put a question mark snip, in her answer. Snip, snip here, snip, snip there. Fa la 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 la. Am I supposed to understand that reference? Is that like a Wizard of Oz? The Mario Land of Oz. Oh, Oz. What's the snip snip? Oh my gracious. Because when oh, you, you when you said musicals, that, well, you're so, the like the musical fan. I'm not. But you are. When you said that, my brain immediately went to David uh, purchasing uh, his wife. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More Bible I was, trivia. I was well, thinking, you know, it could go. <laughs> Sorry, <that> was... <laughs> Not Samson Not cutting Samson. his hair. Oh, that, that would be so much better. <laughs> so much less weird. <laughs> anyway. Remember well... when they're, cu- they're all getting a haircut in the land of Oz and no. they go to the barber? I don't remember that at all. Did, have you seen the old Wizard of Oz? Like with, uh, what's her face? Judy Garland. Yeah. You know, the classic. Yeah, I've seen it. And they go and they get cleaned up. I didn't feel like thinking about it. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I've seen that. And then they go to the, and there's snip, snip here, snip, snip there, and fa la 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 la. Railway in the merry old land of Oz. (laughs) Kevin DeWicky. Oh, it's not the Phantom of the Oz, so they didn't know it. That's so funny. I'm just picturing David like going through the land of the Philistines singing that. My wife's. Anyway. (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) Moving on, we have passed our time over to Barrett. Good job on Bible trivia. Glory to God. That was awesome. Y'all did very well. Well, There really weren't many wrong answers. And some of those were, uh, they were mediocre questions. They weren't just all easy. Wow. Uh, Wait, is that a a compliment or is that a... No, I'm telling them. They, oh. they weren't all easy, easy questions, questions. Oh, and there okay. weren't very many wrong answers. I thought you were saying those questions were pretty mediocre. Like, you got to amp it up. Buddy, jeez. <laughs> God, come on. Uh, I, you know what I think you ought to do? I think you ought to have like two or three, <laughs> one or two easy ones. I just get nervous when you're here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. And that's why I'm here. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why. You're growing. You're growing. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm here just for that. Praise uh, God. Um. I think you all have like two easy questions, two mediocre questions, and then the fifth one is, is like, like advanced level, legit, like ones I really have. There's a couple you've had that I didn't know. Like I'd have to, I had an idea, but I'd have to research. Not today, I knew these. But yay, mm-hmm. amen. <laughs> I don't know everything. I forget. I forget <laughs> some stuff. But all right, well, thank in the you. Bible. Thank you for joining us today for Bible trivia. Congratulations to all of our winners today. We love you guys. Uh, we'll reach out to you later about, um, about your <laughs> gift. But now we're going to transfer it over to Barrett. Amen. She's going to transfer us somewhere else. <laughs> I feel like a conductor. Okay, well now we're going to transfer. Uh, Bible trivia is my new favorite segment for all time forever. Like I never want that segment to change ever. Um, But right now, we are about to hop into the man who would be king. We're really excited about this word. Share the broadcast. Take the time. Go ahead and share this broadcast because somebody you know needs to hear the word that's going to be spoken. It's going to be powerful like they all have been. So go ahead right now. Share the broadcast. We're going to be back in just a couple seconds, and we're going to dive into today's word. Thank you for being here, and we'll be back super soon.
What's up, everybody? How are you? Talking today about what's the word? What's the word? We love you. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. We're talking again today about the man who would be king. I hope you've been enjoying this series. It really has been quite a breakdown of First and Second Samuel, although we didn't cover the first few chapters of First Samuel. Maybe we'll go back and get those later. But uh, I've really been enjoying it and getting a lot out of it. And uh, just wanted to say hello to you today. We love you so much. Share the broadcast if you haven't shared it already. There's somebody that you know that will benefit from this. And uh, we're going to jump into 2 Samuel uh, chapter 8. 2 Samuel chapter 8. And uh, one of the things that we're looking at is the person who would be king, the person who would be uh, a leader, a CEO. We're looking at these these things, who, who would this be that would be a, a manager, a shift supervisor, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher? Who are these people? And uh, so everybody that is a believer is called to be a leader in some form or fashion. They are called to be a disciple maker. They're called to make disciples. And as we do that, uh, we have to be good at leading. In order to be good at leading, we need to make sure that uh, we have actually studied to show ourselves approved uh, so that we study the Word. What does God show as the characteristics to be a good leader? And that's what we've been looking at. Uh, this will help you, of course, not just in the church. It'll help you in your job. It'll help you in government. It'll help you in anything that you do because these characteristics are the things uh, that is easy for God to promote. And God is our true promoter, not ourselves. So as we go and say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way, then what it does is it opens it up for the Lord to say, well, if you will handle this well, I can give you more. I can promote you. I can put you in higher places, and I can put my blessing on you. So let's look right now at 2 Samuel uh, chapter 8. And we'll just, yesterday we started, but we'll start again at verse 1. One of the things that we talked about yesterday was how don't just skip over verses that you don't like or don't just skip over verses uh, that are not comfortable. They're there for a reason and they will teach us things. So look at this in verse 1. It says this, Now after this it came about that David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. Of course, when it says David defeated uh, the Philistines, you're talking about he killed them. You know, he won a battle, he killed Philistines, he defeated them, right? And this is something that a lot of people will stay away from uh, because they, they're like, I just don't like this side of God. Well, you have to understand and ask the question, why would God do this? And we always start, what we talked about yesterday is, you must start all Bible interpretation and doctrine from the standpoint that God is love. So there's a reason that this is happening, and we discussed that yesterday. So don't just shy away from it. And then our job, the second thing for Bible doctrine interpretation is that, number one, God is absolute pure love. Love, like trying to help everybody that can be helped, that will be helped. He'll help anybody that can and will be helped. 
But there are some people who have set themselves up as enemies of God, and God will protect other people from people that want to do harm. And so one of the things that happened is uh, when we're looking at doctrine and Bible interpretation, number one, God is absolute love. Number two, our job is to believe on him as a child, with faith as a child. So my job is not to look at this and say, well, my flesh doesn't like this, so I'm just not going to go after this. No, Lord, what is it in this verse that I need to see? What do I need to see? And he'll show you those things. And so it says, he defeated the Philistines and subdued them. And David took control of the chief city from the hand of the Philistines. He defeated Moab and measured them with the line, making them lie down on the ground. And he measured two lines to put to death and one full line to keep alive. And the Moabites became servants to David, bringing tribute. Verse 3, then David defeated Hadadezer, the son of Rohab, king of Sobah, and he went to restore his rule at the river. David captured from him 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers, and David hamstrung the chariot horses, but reserved enough of them for 100 chariots. When the Arameans of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David killed 22,000 Arameans. So one of the things that we can see in this is you don't want to be the person that comes against God's people. And so here the Arameans said, hey, we're going to come help probably their friend and their confidant, but they didn't realize they were actually coming to help an enemy of God, which put them and made them an enemy of God, and it did not end well for them. One of the things that I was thinking about as I was uh, thinking about this today is one of the things I think that sometimes we miss, we have, most of us have lived in a civilized society, what we would call a civilized society for uh, quite a long time. And so we look at these verses and we just think that they're harsh. I mean, so harsh. But one thing to look at is that in this period of time, this was pretty standard. This was a standard thing. And if you look back through history, a lot of times what would happen is there would be people that would come up and they would conquer lands. And I mean, they would just level people, level kingdoms. Uh, we, we see that all throughout the Bible in the history of what is written there. You see all these times where people would just level other kingdoms. And when I mean level, I mean they would slaughter the people. Well, then all of a sudden, once peace was there because they had won that peace through battle, uh, once that would happen, they would start to get, quote-unquote, civilized. Well, what tends to happen with that, and we're actually seeing some of this in our country right now, what tends to happen is when people get too civilized, it's only a matter of time before some bad guy uh, rises up, and he's not afraid to be uncivilized. He's not afraid to be uncivilized. And so uh, it's important for us to look back and say, look, let's have civilization, but not forget that there are still bad people in, in the world. And so one of the things that we can do is we can read something like this and we can say, well, this is just 
too harsh, too harsh what David is doing here. But see, what's actually speaking that is our own civility. It's our own civilization and the environment with which we're raised. In this time and in this season, this was very normal. This was not something that was seen out of place. Uh, it, was seen, it was actually something that happened quite often. It's important for us to look at that and look at it from the perspective of the environment and atmosphere of that time, not just where we're looking at it from now. Okay, we've been able to progress uh, from that place and praise God that we don't have people that are uh, killing each other every day in America like this. I mean, that's happening. There are people being killed. I'm not uh, downplaying that, but not on this level. Uh, whereas if you go over to some of the Middle Eastern countries, um, look, that's happening on a regular basis. When I was in Israel, one of the places that I visited was uh, right there at the, um, at the Gaza Strip. And when you go over there, I was sitting right on the border, and literally every house in that area has a legit bomb shelter because rockets are fired there on a regular basis. Matter of fact, about a month or a month and a half after I got home, the very place, like a playground that we passed by right in that neighborhood, was hit with a rocket. And so this is a reality to them. I've never had a rocket fired at me at my home here in America. I've never experienced that. They live with that threat every single day. And so, it, you know, some of these places exist on the earth, and it would do us good to become aware of that and also do us some good uh, to wake up a little bit from the peace that we've been granted because men gave their lives uh, for these things. And so one of the things that, you know, we can sit here in our civility, but if, in, and that's a good thing, that's a precious thing to have. The freedoms that we have is a precious thing to have. But one of the things that we see here is we'll take a passage like this and we'll judge it from our civility that's been won through freedom of our armed forces, and we will start to pass judgment on passages like that in our quote-unquote civilized uh, nation. Well, the thing is, we need to make sure that we have a little bit more rounded, well-rounded approach to things like that, and understand that in this time period and in this environment, this was very normal, and for us to sit here and go, this was completely wrong, can't believe David would do that, I don't even want to really read these verses, you know. For us to do that is actually very naive. And because of that na naive uh, nature that we have, it will cause us to not actually weigh and balance things. Like some people would say, uh, I've even heard ministers say, there's no need for war anymore. Have you lost your mind? There's no need for war anymore. There's no need for soldiers. Even the Bible backs up soldiers. And if you go into Psalm 144, you see that it says, you will train my hands for war. You know, there are a, there's a need for soldiers as long as there's people that are anti-God. And there's always going to be people that are anti-God. And they're there to protect. And so from our uh, naive situation of uh, civility, if we don't, we're naive, if we don't pay attention to those things and don't learn from those things, we will get an unbalanced look at things and we'll think that this is not supposed to happen at all. And what has happened throughout history, uh, historically, when people get to that place, there'll be some bad guy that's not afraid to put civility down. 
And that bad guy will walk all over the civilized people and take away their lives and their freedom in that way. It's very important for us to see that. It's very important for us to recognize that and to balance that. And that's why it's important not to just pass over scriptures like this, but ask the Lord, Lord, what can I learn from these? I think yesterday as we looked at some of these scriptures where David is conquering these people... Uh, as we looked at some of them, we really covered a very important point yesterday in that. But I think I, won't, I felt like I needed to stress that again today. A good leader understands when force is necessary, but a good leader doesn't go to that automatically. It's not something they should just pull out of their pocket every single time. So when I am, you know, many times I see things as a leader that needs to be corrected. Please put that in the comments, what I just said. A good leader doesn't automatically go to force, but he understands that sometimes it is a necessity. A good leader doesn't automatically go to force, but it, he understands that sometimes it is a necessity. You know, some people would say, like, even uh, capital punishment, that's not godly. That's untrue. And the, the Bible actually tells you to do these things when you're in government. Uh, it's one of those things where we need to see the realities of what the Word says, not just come up with, uh, you know, a fairy tale ideology because we don't want to be a harsh people because of our civility. We need to not be naive on these things. And that means taking an unbiased look at what this Word says. Uh, not just coming from the bias of the environment that we've been raised in. You know, one of the, a great, great thing for us to do is literally, I will take, personally, I will take doctrine and I will take uh, my beliefs and I will take them to the altar of God on a regular basis. I am willing, there's only a few things that I won't take to the altar, such as, you know, God is absolute love I need to believe in him as a child. You know, uh, another thing is that Jesus is the only way uh, to the Father and to relationship. These are some absolutes that are pretty easily seen throughout the Word. But any other doctrine, you know, uh, baptism in the Holy Ghost, tongues, uh, healing, prosperity, any other of these types of doctrines, uh, although I think that they're very clear because other people don't think they're clear, I will take them, put them on the altar of God, and let the fire of God test it on a regular basis. Uh, and this is a great thing to do. Some people feel like if they test or question their doctrines, that they're, they're questioning their faith in that doctrine. Listen, if that doctrine can't stand up to the fire of God, then it wasn't of him in the first place. What's God today will be God tomorrow. He doesn't change. So I'm not afraid of doing that because what I'll do is if I, if I attempt to put something on the altar today, if it's not there tomorrow, then it wasn't, willing, it wasn't uh, worthy of my belief in the first place. But if it stands the test of the fire of God and, and the word of God testing it as the standard, then it's going to be there tomorrow as well. And I'll be able to pick that up again with more resolve and more strength than I have. So let your doctrines be tested. Test them out. And uh, it's, it's, if they can't stand the test, they're not worthy of believing in. And, and put that in the comments. A good belief must be worthy of a test 
or it's not worthy of believing. A good belief, it must be worthy of the test, or it's not worthy of believing, right? And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to constantly, on a regular basis, try that. As a result, for me personally, when I have somebody that comes and questions a doctrine, I go back to the standard of the word. And almost any time, not every single time, but a lot of the time, when somebody says, well, I don't know what to think about this, I'll go back to the word and I'll let the word as my standard uh, start to show me again what is God, what isn't God. I'll lay that thing thinking I'll lay that doctrine on the altar, and uh, if it needs to be crucified, I'll crucify it. If it needs to be burned up, I'll burn it up. But if it's God, it will stand. And what I found is, as time goes on, you know, one of the things that I did uh, with that was uh, women in ministry. I laid it on the altar. I've, I've, you know, I had been raised one way, and I needed to know that I know that I know. And God took me to that place and showed me from his word exactly what it was. But it was because I was willing to lay it on the altar. And so many times I'll, I'll do that. And what has happened now is the more things that I've laid on the altar, the more sure I've become on them. It strengthened my resolve. It strengthened my belief. And so like in my shield of faith, it's stronger than ever. And very rarely today do I find a doctrine that needs to be flipped. Uh, I did find one not too long ago. Uh, had a doctrine actually this year, something that I had thought and I'd believed. Praise God, I laid it on the on the altar, and sure enough, the Lord took me to scriptures. I I came at it unbiasedly. I was like, I just said, Lord, let me see what you think. Let me see what you've said about this. And I came at it unbiasedly. And sure enough, as soon as I did, uh, the Lord showed exactly what needed to happen. And I had to change my belief system on that, which is awesome. Amen. And so one of the things uh, that I think is very important for us is to let our thinking be challenged. And when you see a scripture that bothers your flesh, Find out why and find out the root of what God was saying. And if you don't know, reach out, ask questions, find somebody who's been studying unbiasedly for quite some time and uh, find somebody who is not just listening to the talking points of their denomination, uh, but they actually are studying with unbias. And I will, let me just tell you this, um, what I have found over the years is, and this is why I, I really purpose myself to be unbiased, is because most people in the church are very biased in their beliefs. And if you actually ask them why they believe that way, very few actually have scriptures. It's because they heard somebody say it one time or they heard it preached one time. They don't actually have a standard of the word. They have a standard of hearsay that they happen to hear in the church. And uh, so, But you have to understand, many people speaking in the church, uh, I can just tell you, uh, many people that are preaching behind the pulpit I would even question whether or not they're born again, and I have specific scientific biblical reasons for saying that. So don't just assume because it's a church and because they're in the pulpit that they're actually preaching what the Bible says. Uh, many people are not doing that. And so this is not that all of them are wrong. What I'm saying is all of them are worthy of being challenged because none of them 
None of their names is Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ. Mine isn't either, and I love it in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, where it talks about the Bereans, and the Holy Spirit says about the Bereans. Let's just go there real quick. Acts 17 and verse 11. Acts 17. Nope. I went to Acts 11. That's not going to work. All right, so Acts 17, verse 10, it says, The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse 11. Now these, the Jews there, were more noble-minded... Now, this is the Holy Spirit saying this. The Jews there were more noble-minded. They were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness. Well, that's one thing. They were noble-minded because they received the word with eagerness. They were, they were on the edge of their seat to receive the word. They had an eagerness in it. We should be that way every time we hear the word. You should even be that way as you're hearing this, what's the word today, right? He says, they were more noble-minded than those who were in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, and they were examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. In other words, they took what Paul preached and they went back to the standard of the word and said, is this right? And then because of eagerness and using the word as a standard, many of them, verse 12, therefore many of them believed. Many people believed along with a lot of people in the society because they were eager about the word and they took it back to the standard to see if it was so. This should be our heart. A good leader uses the word as a standard. A good leader uses the Bible as the standard. A good leader will examine things according to the Bible. In other words, it will all, a good leader will always weigh their thoughts and ideas to the standard of the word. A good leader will always weigh their thoughts and ideas against the standard of the word. And so this is very important for us. Many, I've found over time that many people uh, do not do this. And, and I remember one time hearing about a conversation where a guy did not like prosperity. And uh, because he didn't like uh, prosperity, he wanted to challenge a preacher that, that did uh, believe in prosperity. They decided to get together and look at it. And so the guy who liked prosperity, he came, he shows up with his Bible. The other guy shows up and, and the guy says, uh, he says, where's your Bible? He said, where's your Bible? And the Lord said, I didn't, I didn't bring my Bible. And the preacher that believed in prosperity said, well, this is going to be a very short conversation because my standard is the Bible. What are you talking about? And when he, when he got down to it, the one who didn't believe in prosperity, really all of his references were things that he brought up from preachers in the last 50 years. And so he brought up all of these preachers and what they said in the last 50 years. He said, okay, forget about all them. Now let's go back before them. See, it looks like your offense is with people instead of being the standard of the word. 
You're not, you might not be offended at what God actually said. You're offended at people that you think are incorrect. And because of that, your doctrine and your theology is off. And the, and the preacher believed in prosperity started at Genesis and went all the way through showing how God was a prosperous God and God wanted to prosper his people and move them into abundance for every good work. And he went through and showed him. And the guy can't say anything. And he, he was like, I don't even know why he showed up. Because he wasn't using the Bible as a standard. He was using his feelings, emotion, and experiential doctrine as a standard. Anytime we, our feelings, emotions, or experiential doctrine uh, is our standard, it's going to open us up to fall for all kinds of traps of the devil. We must be like the Bereans and examine the scriptures to see if these things are so. All right, so then what I like about this, uh, as we go on looking at verse uh, 6, then David put garrisons among the Arameans of Damascus, and the Arameans became servants to David. Let me just show you. If you come against the people of God, it is likely that you will be defeated and will become enslaved. If you put yourself as an enemy of God, your life will be defeated and enslaved eventually. And the Lord, watch this, the Lord helped David wherever he went. A good leader knows. They have a heart knowledge. A good leader, and if you're typing it in the comments, put it all caps. A good leader knows that the Lord will help them. A good leader knows that the Lord will help them. Let me tell you, if the Lord is not helping me in ministry, I am sunk. I need the Lord's help. There's too much stuff, too much stuff to handle, stuff I don't know, stuff that only God could know, things that only God could fix. I need his help. I could not do this without him. I need his help. Just this, if, if the Lord's not helping me, me personally, to be who I need to be, I would never be the leader that I'm supposed to be. I would have horrible morals. My character would fall down. I need God's help. A good leader, and here's why it's important. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Put that in the comments. Faith begins where the will of God is known. How can you choose to believe something if you don't have knowledge of it? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Right? You have to know that it's a promise of God to put faith in it, to believe. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So if you don't know that God will help you like he helped his person David, his leader David, then you'll go through and you'll be wondering if God will help. God will help you. God will help you. You know, many times as a pastor, I'm believing God for the people. Lord, bring a job to them. Bring supply. Get them a car. Get them a place to stay. Lord, bring them food to their family. Bring deliverance. I can't do all of those things, but I can believe God for all of those things. I need God to come through for people. And I watch it. And many times people are not in the position uh, that they need to be in to receive all of the help. That's part of what my job is. Provide a blessing, a covering a blessing where the head is connected to the anointing so that even if they miss it and even if they mess up, there's mercy available or they can come right back underneath that covering. If they step out, 
bad stuff starts happening. I want to provide a place where people partner and can attend and be a part of the ministry where that way they can step right into the place where the anointing flows into their life. And so I'm believing, but I've got to have God's help in it. I can't cover all that self myself. I, I don't know all those things. God does. God will help you. A good leader knows that the Lord will help you. Verse 7, David took the shields of gold, which were carried, uh, carried by the servants of Hadadezer, and brought them to Jerusalem. From Beta and Berathai, cities of Hadadezer, King David took a large amount of bronze. Then it says, verse 9, And now when Toy, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated all the army of Hadadezer, Toy sent Joram his son to King David to greet him and bless him because he had fought against Hadadezer and had defeated him. Now, here's what happened. These guys, Hadadezer, had been this guy's enemy. And so I want you to see this. When you start operating with God, God will bring other people to you to help you out. And sometimes you'll see these folks, sometimes you won't. But God, here's this guy. He had been fighting this enemy of God for quite some time. David defeats him because God's helping him. All of a sudden, David's got a new friend. God, David's got a new confidant. David's got a new supply uh, to his ministry. He has a new supply to his office, to his work. God will send you people to help. I can't tell you how many times I've had people praying for me that I didn't know. God had joined their heart to me in prayer, even though I was unaware of it. God will send you help. No, a good leader knows that God will send you help. A good leader knows that God will send you help. Put faith that God will send you help. All right? Then he says, For Hadadezer had been at war with Toy, and Joram brought him articles of silver, of gold, and bronze. Next thing. A good leader knows that God will send supplies, <laughs> that God will provide. A good leader knows that God will provide. He'll send you supplies. So sometimes people will sit there and go, well, I don't know if God's going to do it. No, God will do it. God will do it. A good leader knows that. That's good. You're about to pull something there. Amen. All right, so a good leader knows that. All right, so now, verse 11, King David also dedicated these to the Lord, listen to this, with silver and gold that he had dedicated from all the nations which he had subdued. From Aram and Moab, the sons of Ammon, the Philistines of Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. A good leader knows that God will supply, but now watch this. A good leader doesn't forget who gave them these things. Please put that. A good leader does not forget who gave him these things or how he got there. Now let me just mention this. I have seen this so many times where God pours out his blessing on somebody, and then they forget how they got to that blessed place. Listen, our country is doing this right now. Our country has forgotten why this country's blessed. This country's not blessed simply because of our freedom. We got our freedom because God put his hand on our armed forces back 
uh, 200 years ago. We have our freedom because we said, God, this is your country. That's why the blessing is here. Nothing else. It's the Lord who pours out blessings. That's why the blessing is here. We, might, we can't forgive it. Forget that. I've seen so many times where people have been blessed. They've gotten a big job, and all of a sudden, they give themselves so much to a job that they never give themselves to the Lord anymore, and they forget how they got blessed, and before long, they're miserable. Seen it time and time and time again. Or they won't give the Lord. Look at what David does. He receives these blessings, gold, bronze, silver, What's the first thing the Bible tells us that he does? He sends it back to Jerusalem and he dedicates this stuff to the Lord. Lord, this is yours. This is awesome. This is what makes David great. He, a good leader remembers where it came from. He remembers where the blessing is. And he doesn't just remember it, he honors God in it. He honors the one who gave the blessing. Verse 13. So David made a name for himself, and when he returned from uh, killing 18,000 Arameans in the Valley of Salt, he put garrisons in Edom. In all Edom he put garrisons, and all the Edomites became servants to David, and the Lord helped David wherever he went. Now I want you to see something. What is happening here? The kingdom of God is being ex expanded. The tent pegs are being expanded. Uh, the, the covering of God's kingdom is being expanded. He put garrisons in these places. A good leader knows, all caps again, knows that he must continue to increase. The things of God and the kingdom of God and a ministry of God and even your family that's based in God must continue to increase. Your finances need to continue to increase. I'll watch people where they'll put faith to come up to a, a financial living level. I'll watch people where they'll put faith to get comfortable in their finances, but they won't put faith in abundance from which the Bible says comes every good work and helps to pay for every good deed. So they'll put faith until they're comfortable, but they won't put faith in abundance that would help make other people comfortable. A good leader knows that he must continue to increase, that they must continue to increase. Uh, just to show you this, aren't we supposed to, aren't we supposed to follow the ways of Jesus? Yes, yes. All right, let's go to Luke real quick. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus kept, that means he was increasing and he didn't stop. He kept increasing. This is an ongoing increase. And many in the kingdom of God have not believed for increase. And so the kingdom has dwindled back because its leaders don't know this principle. And many leaders don't know this principle because they don't know that God's a God of prosperity, that he wants you to increase. Didn't he tell us that we did well when we took the talents, took what was in our hand, and multiplied it? This, this principle of increase is all over the kingdom of God. 
but many leaders don't know it because they've not crucified their biased beliefs and gone back to the standard of the word. But here we see Jesus is keeping... You think that Jesus is not increasing right now? And if Jesus is increasing now, it doesn't his uh, kingdom continue to increase? This word still stands. He's still increasing in wisdom and maturity and in favor with God and man. Now listen, there are some leaders who are giving themselves and putting faith for increase so that they may be a part of increasing God's kingdom. We're doing that here in this, and with what's right, and with Boomerang Church. We are believing God for increase, even if it's not our own personal increase. We're believing God for that too. But we're not afraid of winning somebody to the Lord and, and their places over here at another church, another body. That didn't bother me at all. The kingdom of God increased. It's not, it, Boomerang is not the kingdom. It's a part of the kingdom. So I don't care if the kingdom increases over there or over here. We're not trying to be greedy about it. We're trying to increase God's kingdom, not our own kingdom. If we'll be about God's kingdom, he'll increase ours. He'll increase what we have. Seek first the kingdom, not our kingdom, the kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we're just trying to constantly believe God for increase, but many leaders are not doing this. A good leader knows that they must continue to increase. Now, he said this, and the Lord, he put garrisons all these places. Look what it says again. The Lord helped David wherever he went. For a leader that will apply faith to increase, God will help them wherever they go. God will help them wherever they go. Praise God. Glory to God. Put a hallelujah in the comments and, and just say it. Hallelujah. God will help me wherever I go. Amen. Verse 15. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and righteousness for all his people. Listen to that. A good leader will administer justice and righteousness for the people. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. A good leader is not just focused on his own kingdom. He's always focused on the people. We've been saying that recently. I don't need to just focus on administering blessings to myself as a leader. My focus is let the people be blessed. Get the people blessed. But I also know that if I will focus on getting the people blessed, God's not going to leave me alone. He's going to end up blessing me by default. So I don't worry about it. That's God's business. That's God's business. Lord, help me increase them. Help me increase people who I'm called to. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and righteousness for all his people. A good leader is always focused on administering justice and righteousness for all his people. You can't be biased because you like this person more than the other. You've got to be in justice. You've got to be in righteousness. Also, right living. I can't because I like this person, and maybe they give a lot to the church. I don't want to call them on their little sin they got going on over here. That's not administering righteousness. I'll just leave that right there. Say la, meditate on that. 
16. Joab, now watch this in 16 through 18. I just want you to see something. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was over the army. Put, put this in, one army. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was the recorder, so records, two records. Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, were three priests. Priest, and Sarariah was secretary, four is secretary. Benaniah was over the Carathites, Pelathites, and David's sons were chief ministers. So Benaniah was over uh, people groups, five is people groups, and his son were chief ministers. So six would be, uh, they were, um, well, they were minister, servant, uh, minister like, uh, like a uh, secretary of state. Uh, they, were, they were actually on the uh, council uh, concerning people affairs. They were on the council. So six would be uh, council. All right, so now, what do you see? Somebody please put that in the comments, those six things. I want you to see this. David brought about, he made sure that the people were protected in the army. Two, there was a good records. There wasn't biased records. Three, he made sure that the people uh, had somebody that would lead them in the ways of God, in the priest. Four, uh, the secretary, I, I'd like to look up that, that word in the Hebrew and just see what it says right there. But somebody to handle, let's just put it this way, somebody to help handle the admin. Four, you see people that were called to govern the people, and that's what government basically five, and six was the council. So these were people that would bring him counsel from they represented the people and the people's thoughts. Now I want you to look at this. This is a brilliant leader. He's handling the areas that need to be handled. Now see, some people would say that, that we don't even need soldiers anymore. That's a lie. It's a lie. And you can see, this is godliness right here. This is what made the kingdom work. And they had uh, this blessed nation right here because David put people... I want you to see, David did not just uh, try to do things all himself. He had people that would help. He had people that would handle it. He had people... Uh, that would help him oversee and bring up these managers. He had a team. You know, we've talked about being a good leader, but right here is a team that David has said, look, this is my executive leadership team. This is my ELT. We have one of those here at the church. And uh, we have an ELT, and these guys are overseeing these areas of government, and they would then report to David, but they would make sure that the king's wishes, the king's vision, was accomplished in these areas. A good leader will appoint a team. A good leader will appoint a team and other leaders. A good leader will appoint a team and other leaders. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like his cabinet members, Kevin. Exactly. All right, so 
I love seeing this breakdown. And you would just, you know, a lot of times we would just read over those scriptures and we would just pass by them. Oh, okay, this guy was over this and this and this. But we wouldn't stop to say, you know what? He needed somebody to handle those areas. He needed somebody to make sure that these people were in place, that this job was handled, this job was handled. This is the wisdom of God flowing through David because he's anointed to be in that position and he's blessed and we can learn so much by being a good leader. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I want to go back uh, today as we wrap up today. We're talking right now about uh, growing in our finances. Why? Why is this? Let's look real quick. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Some of my absolute favorite scriptures. Second Corinthians chapter 9, and let's look at verse 8 and verse 10. So it's talking about giving here, and it's talking about as we purpose in our heart and that God will give us seed to sow. But then in verse 8, and I love this verse, and God, uh, God is able to make all grace abound to you. I love all the absolutes in this verse. God is able. First of all, he's able, and he'll do it. He's able to make how much grace? All grace. Do what? Abound to you. Not just get grace to you. He wants it to abound, overflow. Make all grace abound to you so that sometimes, no, always having all sufficiency in everything you may have an abundance for every good deed or for every good work you may have an abundance God wants you to have an abundance look at all this he wants to get to you here here what I just made a joke but many people didn't catch it look at all this he wants you to have it's all it's all it's all it's every it's abounding it's it's there's so many absolutes of all and abounding and overflow in this one verse. And God wants you to have it. What did I say before? A good leader knows that God wants them to increase. That is included in finances. Because if you don't know that, you won't have any faith towards it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Without faith... In an increase in your finances, you will not overcome the poverty in the world or the poverty that's been in your finances. God wants to get you all of this, but you got to know that he wants to increase you. And he wants to increase you not just because he loves you only. That's not the only reason. He also loves other people. He wants to bless you so that the overflow will get on other people as well. Imagine a stack of the, the cups or the glasses, like champagne glasses, and you start at the top and fill the one, and it overflows, overflows, overflows into every, every cup. Every cup can be filled if every cup will believe for abundance. Every cup can be filled, and it can fill every other one if they'll believe for increase. We've got to know that God wants us to increase. And so what did he say in 1 John? Yeah, or 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, so who's he talking to? He's talking to everybody that is beloved, every believer, every person in the family. Beloved, above 
all things. I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So he's saying, look, as you get your thinking right, I want that to lend to you prospering and being in health. Above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health. And so as we're given, we have to know that God wants to increase us. God wants to. And then he says in verse 10, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, he says that he wants to increase your harvest of righteousness. Well, what does that mean? Every person that knows God, every person that knows God is declared righteous and made righteous. We know that a few chapters before in 2 Corinthians 5. We know that every believer is made righteous. But what that verse shows us is that not every righteous person has the same harvest. Not every righteous person has the same harvest. The person that is righteous does not have the same harvest. They have a different harvest based on how they believe and how they sow. And their sowing will be how they believe. If you know that God wants to increase you and you know that he wants to get you into abundance, then you will start to believe God for increase and you'll believe him for a different level of harvest and that faith will overcome the gap. That faith in God's higher harvest that he wants you to have, higher increase that he wants you to have, will overcome the world, the poverty of the world, the lack that the world system has. But it won't happen unless you apply faith. And it won't, you won't have faith unless you know it. you got to know that God wants to bless you to do every good work and to have a prosperity and abundance in your life. If you don't know that you know that you know this, then you won't flow in that. And here's what will happen. That will then also hinder other portions of your life as well. You'll be hindered in many different areas of your life because if I can't increase in my finances, I can't increase in, in my anointing. I can't increase in my health. And so your life will constantly be lower than it should be, lower than what God calls normal. It'll be more normal according to the world, according to a corrupted world. You have to see that God always wants you to increase. And why does he want you to increase? One, because he loves you. Two, because he's very interested in his kingdom increase because Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor. So God wants you to increase, then why would he ask you to give something away? Wait a minute, I thought he wanted me to increase. Why is he asking something from me? Because without faith, it's impossible to overcome the world and without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith is God's way. And when he asks you for something, but you know that he wants to increase you, it's a step of faith saying, Lord, I'm, I'm going to act on your way. I believe you and my works are going to show it. Lord, I trust you. And when you trust God, oh, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. Because Hebrews 11, 6, let's look at that real quick. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, one of my favorite verses. Of course, I love Hebrews 11. That's, that's just a great chapter in itself. There's so much stuff in there. But look at Hebrews 11 and verse 6. It says this, and without faith, it is impossible. That is an absolute from the Holy Ghost. From God, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. The King James says, diligently seeks him. That goes after him and doesn't stop. And when you say he's a rewarder of them that seek him, that's what's inferred, is that I won't stop seeking him. And God is a rewarder. He wants to increase you. So why would God ask you for an offering which seems to be a subtraction, which seems to be a subtraction to your finances when he wants to give you multiplication in your finances? Because this is the way that God set up so that our faith could work. And then what we're doing is we're not actually giving it we're actually sowing it into a ground, into a spiritual ground, into a heavenly ground. And in that, in that soil, with faithfulness and love and the hope and expectation of a return, God multiplies that seed sown. And then you have an abundant harvest so that it overflows. Amen. Father, we just praise you. Right now, if you'd like to give, you're welcome. I saw some, so, some seeds that people already sowed earlier. Uh, and so, Lord, we just thank you for it. If you'd like to give on Facebook, you can type in in the comments, hashtag donate and the amount. Anywhere else, you can go to givebc.org. But wherever you're at, whenever you give, at any place, Lord, I just declare what they sow in faith, hope, and love Father, right now, just bring it into being. Father, bring it into being. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, let it overflow into their lives. Let it not be held back. Let it come to fullness, Lord. Let it come to abundance and let them have abundance for every good work. Lord, let their lives go up. Let their children's lives go up. Let their families' lives go up. Let their church go up, Lord. Let them walk in the fullness of your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We just pray blessings on that. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We love you and praise you. Amen, amen. I hope you enjoyed What's the Word today. We'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be a great one. Barrett's going to uh, give you some stuff. She's going to tell you what's coming tomorrow, and I'll see you then. Here's Barrett. Hey, guys. So tomorrow is going to be such a great episode. Thank you so much for being with us today, tomorrow, coming at you. We have another episode of Food Mash. Buddy prepared himself for it to be today, and it wasn't today. So will he have to brace himself and get himself emotionally prepared for what we're eating tomorrow? find out. And then we also have a brand new episode, installment of Truth Talk. The ladies are going to be bringing the word to you tomorrow, so make sure that you tune in for that. We're talking about something you'll have to find out tomorrow. And then also my top 10, this week's top 10 installments. We'll see if Buddy is pleased with my top 10 fast food restaurants. We'll see if you agree with me. If you do, make sure that you let me know in the comments. But First of all, before we go anywhere, thank you. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing. Thank you for joining your supply of faith, hope, and love with us. And we just appreciate you so much. You are a part of our family. We do this for you. It's free every day. If you haven't done it already, share the broadcast. Go ahead and send it to people. Just go ahead and DM the link to this broadcast to them. It's going to be such a blessing. It's seed. And it's free seed for you to utilize. We love you. We praise God for you. You're a blessing. And we'll see you tomorrow.